1: Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Ramble. back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers.
0: And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts.
1: Welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reimbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call, lovelyly, the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material not only do we have this blog every day but we also have fellowships available online that's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on friday night i teach one myself friday night you can become part of that there's also a wednesday midweek service and we teach only the profits material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time what an opportunity again that all is so again if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at Jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard.
2: Now, 2 Corinthians 5-7. But let's look again. Let's look again. It says, For we walk by faith, not by by sight now some of you have heard me talk about how it was that God brought me and see, by the anointing, you, you, you actually you, know, you actually move from one anointed place to another anointed place, and it never ends. You, 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 will, you will give up the ghost, knowing that there's more tomorrow than there is today with God. That is the only attitude that you, you you can have in order for you to gain with God. Because let me tell you what happens if you don't have that attitude. You become unteachable, and when you become unteachable, you don't grow. And when you don't grow, you'll never see the next revelation that God brings. You'll never see that. And that's the reason why that the Baptists are still the Baptists. See, because they, they closed it off and, and they quit seeking God because they thought that they, they had all that God had to offer and that God wasn't going to bring anything different. And, and I'm not just pointing out just the Baptists. You can talk about the Pentecostals. You can talk about the Charismatics. You can talk about the Catholics, the, the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, and, and Methodists, anybody else that I didn't mention. But the, but the fact of the matter is that God brings us from one glory to take us to the next glory. And and I, I was young in the ministry, and, and there were some things that I that, that, some things that I didn't understand, and, and God was God was beginning to, to, to teach me. And one of the things that God taught me about the anointing was He said He said, son, you've got to understand that when you begin, when a service when a service begins, He said, then the anointing will begin to b- begin to mount. And he said you're not you're not strong enough and old enough that in order to walk in and the anointing be at the top of the at the top of where it needs to be in the beginning or at the pinnacle. He said, one day you will be. One day you'll be at the place where, and I spoke earlier, where uh, they can do all, they, they can butcher the anointing, and I'll still get up and walk up, and the anointing will come. But he said, that's that's going to be down the road a ways. And he said, so I want to teach you about the anointing. And, and he said, it's like a graft. He said, the anointing starts down here and he said as it begins to flow, now he said if the song service is is being done and it's truly being done by me, by the leadership of me, he said it will start the anointing and the flow and it will start to come up that graph. And he said it will come up like this and he said then 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 about here, about here he said then the the Word should take over and he said then the Word's going to come up and going to come up, going to come up, going to come up, going to come up, and he said then when it gets here, he said here's where the miracles are going to happen, not here and sure not down over here. So he said the key for you to begin to learn this is to understand until you can bring that anointing there, he said it's going to have to move itself into place. In order for it to do that, you're going to have to know when it gets there. I said, well, that makes sense to me. I said, Lord, the the, the only question I got is just how how am I going to know that? And he said, well, it's going to be relatively simple. He said, when you're ministering, and he said, uh, when you're a minister, and he said, uh, the word, so uh, he said, I-, I want you to pay attention. And when I say tell you to shut the book, he said, I want you to just shut the book and stop and tell the people to get in the line that you're going, the healing line is going to start. And I said, oh, well, that will be simple enough. And he said, but understand where that anointing is operating at when I tell you to close the book. Begin to understand where, where, the, where the anointing comes to. For that to stop, and I said, "Well, I can, I can, I can do that." Now, until then, this is the way this preacher operated. When I got done, I would simply say, "This, I I want to be honest with you because because the anointing has not developed in me like one day I hope for it to be, and because it's not, I know that there's enough anointing operating now that if anybody's here that's dying of cancer, I want you to come first and stand right there." And if there's two of you, then two of you, uh, hopefully there's never three. And, and past those two, then what we've got to do is rely on my faith and your faith. Now, that was honest because that's the way it was. Very little happened past those first two. And you said, well, well, I don't understand that. Well, probably you don't, but just listen a while. And so I'm preaching along, and, and, and I, I got this good sermon going. You know, every preacher thinks they just got the best sermon in town. And, and so I get done, and I, I preach along, and the Lord said, shut the book. <laughs> all right, we're having a healing line. Everybody come needs to be healed, get in line. Hurry up, hurry, hurry. I'm can't waste all day now. God's got, God's got more to do than this. Where else to get in line? Hurry up, get up here, because I wanted to get there, because I knew where the anointing was at. Now, I may have been in for God so loved the, uh, and I shut the book. Now people would come and boy, quickly it got past the first two. Woo! woo, woo, God knows something I don't know for sure on this deal. Went down through the line, bless God, I'll never forget that first night. I got almost two thirds way down that line. I went, dear God in heaven, how stupid can I said, how stupid can we be? I said, Lord, how come I didn't know that to start out with? He said, because you can't read spirit. He said, You can't you can't read spirit. He said, You're just you're just guessing. He said, this don't work by guessing. You've got to read. See, that's the I keep saying. When you can read spirit, you can get in business. Until you can read spirit, what you're doing is guessing. And guessing is not going to do you any good, and it's sure not going to do anybody else good that you're around. You've got to quit guessing. That's the reason you need a prophet that you can call, that you can email and say, God said this. What sayeth you, prophet? You need that. Because if he's any kind of a prophet worth his salt, he'll be honest with you. And he'll say, well, you better. You probably ate too much pizza last night, and and I would try not to eat pizza late at night. Or he'll say, yeah, I I believe you're on the right track. Stay in there and do that. What's wrong with that? Nothing, because what am I doing? I'm judging spiritually what you think that God has gave you and trying to keep you either on track or keep you from hurting somebody else's life. Do you realize some of you in this room are going on words that were spoke to you number of years ago by people that you wanted to hear that wasn't right? Is there anybody have any idea that you're here today? There's a number of you sitting here today. That you're here, that you heard words, that you like to hear that. Oh, yeah, that sounds, yeah, I'll take that. And you know what that does? That will take you a direction that God does not have in mind for you or yours. And when that happens, you're done. It's over. Why? The devil's won. He's got you going here, and God's trying to get you to go there. That's the reason I say over and over and over again. You got to find a real prophet. You got to get under them, and you got to get <laughs> enough in their favor they'll put up with you. Okay, you just got to because they and I. You know, Donna keeps thinking the older I get, maybe I'll become more mellow, and I think that I keep. Well, I don't. I don't know. That's up for vote yet. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have to we'll have to gather next time and and kind of vote on that, all right? But but you see, I, I begin to learn through that. I I, I begin to learn. I begin to understand what God was doing with the anointing. I had no idea in this world, and and so God moved me to the next place. And God said to me, He said He said He said You you know why you don't see the people get out of the wheelchairs? And 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 I said, No, I, because I knew better. And say, Well, I didn't have enough anointing because we'd already been through that school. I said, No. He said, son, you've got to see it. You've got to see them get out of the chair before they get out of the chair. You've got to see them get up. I said, okay. So I'd be in service and I'd be in somebody's church and I'd be sitting back here in the back in one of these big, you know, big stuff chairs. I love them great big stuff over here. We look like kings and princes back here. <laughs> Woo, look at us. And there you peons are out there, right? <laughs> Woo, looking good. Mama, get a picture of me in the chair well, they can't hardly get me to go up and sit in them chairs anymore. And finally, I told one pastor, I said, you know, pastor, you ought to take them out and put them in a the rummage sale. He said, how come? And I said, because you're giving yourself a better seat. And I said, listen to me. That's against God's command. No man take a better seat. Nobody set himself apart as being better as anybody else. And what have we done? We've done exactly that. Exactly that. So they come in, and I'd look at them, and they'd come in a wheelchair, and I'd go. I believe I'm getting it, Lord. He said, no, you're not. <laughs> Did they get up yet? No. Well, Lord, when are they going to get up? How are you going to get them up? Well, bringing... So Lord, get them up! I said, no, 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 no. You've got to see him." Boy, that went on for, I'll bet, a year, maybe a year and a half. Finally, one night, somebody came through the door in a wheelchair. I saw him get out and walk. I said, God! I said, he said, prophesy it. I said, what do you mean? He said, you tell them that tonight they will push that wheelchair back to the car and they'll never get in it again because I'm about to heal them. You want me to say that? He said, you saw him get out of the wheelchair, did you not? I said, yea, Lord. He said, then prophesy." I. I. said, uh, said, uh, uh, um, stutter a little bit when I do those things. Uh, uh, brother, uh, God said to tell you that tonight he's going to heal you. You're going to push that wheelchair. Uh, now, this is where church starts. Now, do you know what that does? They're all sitting there going, bet it don't happen. I hope it happens. I hope it don't happen. I bet it never happens. Oh, it's not going to take place. You got all this going on. And and bless God, you know something? The first thing that happened when I get done, when that anointing got to where God tell me to get to, he said, now tell the person with the wheelchair to come up there first. Come up, they get out of that wheelchair, and they push that wheelchair around that, that, that building. You know what happens to faith? Faith comes up. Faith comes up. I do that all over the world, and, and the big crowds that I can't lay hands on everybody. The way God demonstrates that is simply to bring somebody that's l- lame, deaf, dumb, uh, blind, whatever it is. Uh, I think one of the most outstanding things that, that I that I have can just think about overseas was a man that came up in India, and and he got on the stage, and the stage was about this high off the floor because the crowd was. I I think about thirty or forty thousand people there. And I looked over and he had a a, a, a wooden it uh, looked like a tree limb and, and he pulled himself and he actually his feet were so far backwards that that the the tops where your shoestrings are on your shoes were worn out, not the bottoms, the tops. And here he came across and and, and his knees looked like a leather. And and somebody who said, get him off the stage. I said, no, 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 no. I said, that'll that'll work. That'll work just fine. And so I I went over and I told the interpreter, I said, now tell the people that that God's going to give this man a miracle and he's going to walk off this stage. And and boy, I mean, when he said that, everything, everything got quiet. You could have heard a pin drop and they could have heard it in the back of that crowd. And, and so I walked over, and I laid my hand on him, and I, I took authority over over his body, spiritually and physically. And anyway, I said, pick him up, get him up, get him up, get him up. And so he got him up, and he was standing on his toes. And I said, uh, I said now, I uh, grabbed his feet, and I commanded his feet to come unhinged. And all of a sudden, I just felt those feet go, Whoa. and all of a sudden, he was standing, and all of a sudden, he was walking. All of a sudden, he was running. And all of a sudden, all those thousands of people begin to push forward. And they, yeah, tell them the brothers and sisters there at breakfast. I said they hate it when I get off those stages and get out in those crowds because they get to pushing. And then they don't, you know, they can't, they can't control the crowd. They can't control getting me out. They can't do, and I'm out there having a ball because I'm all caught up in the spirit, and it don't make me a difference. <laughs> time to go to heaven, Lord. Let's all go together. And, you know, hallelujah. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll just have a good time and we should get this thing over with. And, and so they will get me back. Uh, they'll drag me, in, and I'm, I'm not very small anyway. And they, they, sometimes it takes three or four of them to get me back up on them big stages, see. And they get them up here and say, now, "Now, prophet, please don't get out there, in, you know, out there in the, in, in the people." anymore and you see what's going to happen and i'm going yeah i saw what happened you know i thought i thought it was wonderful and but anyway so anyway they don't like it when I get on the crowns but that's what we do I, that's what god lets me do because what has to happen is you have to demonstrate you have to demonstrate to those people that god is present that the anointing of god is there and god is going to perform for the people and, 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 and once you do that, what happens in the spirit realm, the game's over. The devil's beat, the devil backs up, he backs off because he knows it's over. There's no sense of him trying to get in the middle of that deal because he's not going to win. Because then, one after another after another. Now what we do, we spread ministers out through those big crowds, and then then as that anointing has to work all together differently. See, that's the reason I love the the, the little crowds. So you know, you get in church with three, four, five hundred people uh, and smaller. I love that because I I can control uh, the spirit, uh, the anointing, because I can get my hands on everybody. And boy, I really do like that. I'm one of them hands-on preachers, you know, and I really do enjoy getting doing getting to do that. But when you get in a bigger crowd, you can't do that. So what you gotta, you you do, and I had to learn this. The first time I was ever in a big crowd, I thought I was gonna have to lay hands on, there was about seven, eight thousand people, and I was gonna have to lay hands on all of them. And I'm going, how am I gonna get that done tonight, tomorrow, next week? And the Lord told me, He said, "You, you, you, you gotta, you gotta let the anointing flow out like a wave. And I said, like a wave, I said, Lord, how, how do you do that? I mean, we've been through all the rest of this stuff. Now, now how are we going to do that? And he said, oh, now just, just watch. And so I'm preaching and the Lord said, now, now and I got done. And the Lord said, now, now speak my name. And I spoke his name and, and, and all of a sudden he opened the world up, the spirit world. When I say open the world up, I always talk about opening up the spirit world, the supernatural. And I saw, the name of Jesus, Yeshua, come out of my mouth and became a wave and it just, it just rolled back toward, that. as it rolled, I begin to see the, I began to see the, the lame people stand up and walk. I began to see the blind open up their eyes and the deaf begin to hear and the, and the dumb begin to speak cancers, and so the preachers would hear the testimonies, and once that that would wave, once they would, I'd tell them when it was going to happen, and so they would watch, and that would just go back, and and those preachers were stand at enough places that they could say that the, the people that they had watched come in that were lame, so they would get up, and then it would come back further, and then the people in front of them would get up, and then they'd turn around and watch the people get up, and it'd go all the way to the back of the crowd. Now, that's the way it has to work, and that's the way it does work. But in order for that to do it, there has to be a demonstration. That's, and and, and that's, what, that's, that's the difference, folks. And in, in I believe what is going to bring the people unto the Lord God is the demonstration of the power of the anointing. It's not going to be with some sweet little seven steps to get to heaven. We've tried those things again, and it, it didn't work. It won't work. It's never going to work. It wasn't intended to work. What we're going to have to do is return ourselves to intimacy with God. We are going to have to get closer to Him than we ever dreamed about being close to this world. And that means, to walk in holiness means to deny this world. It's just that simple. And that's my that's my term for that, that's not something you're going to find in the, in the dictionary. It just flat means to deny the world. And if you'll begin to, to not deny that world, you'll understand how it's going to work. now. Now, uh, faith describes our entire fellowship with God, and it does. It's based on trust, sensitivity, su- uh, submission uh, to His will. Not to your will, but to His will. Your, our own Im- intimate relationship to God is 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 well within sp- your spiritual reach or r- spiritual power, and, and when it starts there, it's going to stay there. Now, uh, one of the things that I think we need to understand, that bless God, that God's power uh, cannot selectively... Receive or be received, but people pray for godly things only to be disappointed, and we've all been there when they don't happen. Now, uh, let me tell you something: you, when you, you can't limit God's working in just one area of our lives, unless you and I are willing and uh, to understand that God is concerned not only to heal our finances and our bodies, but God is interested in healing our sins. See, that's the reason we went through last night what we went through. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. After all that takes place, uh, then you're going to see God begin to do something. But, but you can't just expect Him to be there whenever you blow the whistle. And that's what we do, folks. We, we get in a bind. Help! Go on, Jesus. Dear God, Prophet, pray bless God. I mean, I know I was I was the prophetess and prophet of the world, but now bless God, I'm on the bind. Help, 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 help. Jesus, you gotta do this, and oh dear God, there's no weapon form against going We've all been there, haven't we? But do you know, do you know where the key to that thing is? The whole time that we're out here trying to further me, myself, and I into the kingdom, God is trying to get us convicted of our sin, to get it out of our lives so that when those times come in our lives, we ask, we receive. It's that simple. And if you don't get that out of the way, the other ain't going to happen, folks. And that's the reason we're running around here trying to get prayers answered when, bless God, God's trying to get your acts cleaned up and you're just not listening to the God. That's the reason I, uh, the, a reason. I, over and over I say, if you've never had the opportunity to be under good, Deliverance ministry. Get under a good deliverance ministry. You got to get delivered. None of us are capable of delivering ourselves of everything we got. You are carrying. Now, now let's go, let's, let's touch for a moment. The Assembly of God organization believes, okay, they believe that once you are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you cannot have a demon, a devil, an evil spirit, familiar spirit, or any other kind of spirit that's not a God. Okay. Now, sitting right back about over there, one night there was a lady that that, that was there, and and uh, I came up and I began to minister. And when I began to minister, I began to hear somebody speaking in in in, a, in in something that wasn't the tongues and something that wasn't the so the spirit of God, but the anointing, but was carrying on profusely on this side of the room. And I kept looking, but I didn't see any of the mouths. And finally, I stopped. I said, "Where in the world is that coming from?" And this old boy goes under the seat, and this woman had got under one of these same chairs, one one of those chairs, and was carrying on. I said, "Bring her up here." Brought her up here, and I cast the demon out of her. She fell on the floor. I said, "Drag her over there, out." See, I get them all. I just drag them off the side there. I got I got to preach, so I you drag them off the side there, and there she was laying over there, and she finally come to. Her. She sat up and. Oh, she's all right. She went back and sat in the seat, and I went on preaching preached and got done. And uh, she got, got caught me going outdoors. She said, "Ah, she said, now nah, nah, nah. what was that?" Oh, I said, "It was a demon." You're all right. Oh. Well, she said, "I, I belong to the assembly of God." She said, "My preacher says I can't have a demon." I said, "Then, honey," she said, "and I'm the leader of the, uh, of the song ministry." I said, "Then, honey, you need to go out and tell the pastor you just got a demon cast out of you tonight." I said, "What do you think that was that got cast out of you?" Jesus. <laughs> God forbid. She said, well, well, I can't believe it. She said, I just can't believe that. But she said, you're right. She said, I feel different. She said, you know, there's been something going on. I said, honey, listen to me. Your spirit is sealed for eternity. It's your flesh that carries the demons. See, it's your flesh. It is your flesh, man, not your spirit, man. Your flesh isn't going to heaven. Your spirit is going to heaven. They're God in heaven. You know, again, stupidity is really something when it all gets out there and goes to working. You know what I'm saying? And, but you know what it is again? It's wrong teaching. It's wrong believing. It's wrong learning. That's what happens to us. We get around good, meaningful people that don't know squat about what they're talking about, and they start teaching us things, and we go, oh, yeah, it's like, it's like the rapture. It's easy to believe in the rapture. You know why? Because you don't got to do nothing. You don't have to do anything. But, well, I'm going to be raptured out, brother. I'm. You put up that food. You fools, put up that food. I'm, I'm going to be raptured out. I don't have to worry about it. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> that, that's real nice. But you know, I'm beginning to tell people is just this. What if I'm right? What if you're wrong? Wouldn't it be better just to prepare in case I am right? Wouldn't it be? Then, then, then the fact that if I'm wrong, you'll, there'll be food there. When they break in your house, they can somebody else can have the food. Just that simple. But no, I know. Bless God, we're going to—we don't have to do that. We're going to be raptured out. You know what I'm saying? But you see, God has to, God is wanting to do what? God wants all of you, spirit, soul, and body. He wants you. He wants you to see. And, and I and I said uh, 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 last night that most Christians, if you're walks from wall to wall, most Christians don't get but about four foot off that wall and think they got all the way over there. You don't get there until you're willing to give up and give in to God. And if you're not going to do that, you're not. You're just not going to make it. But again, what what people need to do, they need to set under. See, again, if the churches were in right, the, the Baptists would have got everybody saved. Send them on to the Pentecostals. They've got them filled with the Holy Ghost. Got them into the charismatic churches and the charismatic churches. If they get the, again the fivefold ministry working right and all this thing, then bless God, the charismatic churches would have taught them some things. Then you send them to the prophets, and we will mold you and bring you about. Okay, we'll bring you where you need to be. But that's not the way we work. And, and most people can't stand to come sit under a prophet, not one like this anyway. And a babe definitely can't. Because again, as I read you out of the book of, of Jeremiah last night, I, I left one, the, the scripture that was next, which is simply about what prophets do. We, we tear down, we, you know, we, we destroy, we do all those things. Then we build up. But most people leave during the tearing down process, and they don't stick around long enough for watch it be built back. The key with prophets is, again is to make sure that what you believe is the truth. And the only way we've got to be sure that what you believe is the truth is to go at you and get you to believe that, bless God, that maybe you don't know, so you'll go check. Okay? And that's what it's about. It's about Scripture, but it's about being right about Scripture. Let's go to Jeremiah 14. Jeremiah 14. God's got the plan. Okay? So God does what? He cleans us up. But again, he's, he's, he's concerned more about just your health and finances. He's, he's concerned about getting you where you can walk upright before him. Verse 11, Jeremiah fourteen eleven. Then said the Lord unto me, Pray not for this people for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they they burn when they offer burnt offering and an, and an oblation, I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the by the pestilence. So evidently there is a place, all right. There is a place that we're going to come to where the Lord God is not going to hear their cry. Now sin is what does that. that? That's what's happened to this nation. By the way, we've come to this place of sin, and we're, the prophets have cried for, for years. That this nation has turned their, their ear. The nation doesn't want to hear repent you, repent you. What the, this nation wants to hear is peace, peace, prosperity, health, and, and the seven easy steps to heaven. And that's what we have been, that's what we've heard in the churches, so that's what we want to believe. Nobody wants the hard-nosed prophet like me around, because what, what I am is just a pain in the rump to them. And I know that. Okay? For years, uh, Israel served their own pleasures, did what they wanted to do, and they ignored God's warning, just like America has done. Now, in their time of trouble, and it always comes, crisis, they wanted Him to make everything better, didn't they? Sure they did. God's not a genie in a bottle, and you've got to remember that. Whom we call on to help uh, uh, further our own selfishness. He's not that way. When we ask Him to work in our behalf, He comes to every area of our lives to make us like Him. Be ye holy as I am holy. And that's probably the best theme that we can have for this thing. Let's go to Romans, the fourth chapter, Romans 4. So so you, you see, and, and of course, Rome, uh, Rome uh, Israel was famous for the fact that they'd get out here and do all this, this stuff, and then all of a sudden something would go wrong, and they're in there and say, oh, God delivers, bring us about. And that's really the way we are. We're out here, we don't want to let God clean our lives up. And, we, well, you know, where we go, or we get delivered one day and we're not delivered the next day. And that, those things are dangerous, too. Uh, maybe we'll get time to speak something about that uh, before we leave. 21, of Romans 4. And being fully persuaded that what we, he had promised, he was able also to perform. And that's, that's what we have got to come to. Abraham was, was uh, commended for his faith. It's what he was being commended for here. Not for the son he wanted, but for the son that God had promised him. See, and, that, and there, there again is the difference. Abraham went out and tried to help himself, and look what kind of a deal he got us into now. We're still, we are still, and we are going to continue to be, and Ishmael, which is the Arabs, which is Iraq and Iran, the Palestinians, is still going to be the biggest thorn in our side that, that, that the world will ever have, have any recognition of. And it's because Abraham decided not to let God do it his way, and decided that he had to have a son so he had helped God out. And along came Ishmael from the handmaiden Hagar. Did it work? No, it didn't work. But see, again, that's typical of us. We, we, we get uh, And all the great things that God did, and the testimony that God had, and it said by faith, he staggered not, he staggered not, he staggered not. Doubt and unbelief, but he had faith. And that's where that's where you and I have to be able to do what we have to do. Faith doesn't rest on what God uh, can do, but on what God will do. It doesn't do what 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 God can do. It's what God will do. Can God heal me? No, God will heal me. Can God uh, deliver me? Yes, God will deliver me. God's power flows through uh, through this kind of obedience and that, and this obedience. It does. Let's go. Let's go to Ephesians three twenty. Ephesians three twenty. Trying to get wrapped up here. Getting close to close to something. I'm not sure what. Oh, yeah. 320 of Ephesians. Hallelujah. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now, what is that power that works in us? It's the anointing. It is the anointing that works in us. The anointing that God placed in us from the foundation of this world. You know, I always talk about the Rehoboth, the Holy Ghost, as being if you will, a, a power surge to the anointing that was given to us from the foundation. That he guides us and leads us into all truth. The problem with most of us, the, the, the Rehokodesh, the Holy Ghost, is not doing the guiding and the leading. Most of us are being guided and led by a familiar spirit. We don't even know it. We're being led in places and directions of which God isn't taking us. And as I say over and over in these cities that I go to, one of the greatest uh, concerns I have is we've got all these voices out here. We've got these people running around trying to say, well, you know, you, you know, we got this the, the, the thing going on now that the, that the Star of David is a satanic symbol. All right? Well, I'm going to address a little of that to some pertinent people here a couple of weeks down the line here, and we'll see what happens with that. I'm going to tell you something about this, this, this star. The, this, uh, there's no doubt, if you go back and look at the history, that, that, that there's not some satanic whatever to, uh, to uh, this six-sided star. But the five-sided star is the satanic symbol. Turned upside down were the horns. That's what they use. This star, now listen to me, and the problem with these knuckleheads, these jugheads, out here doing this kind of stuff is, again, bringing confusion. This star is not going to hurt you, and it is not a curse to you. Unless you use it as a curse, it is not a curse. And I don't know what's going on, and if that's the only way somebody's got to make money, then, then well, I'm not going to say what probably needs to happen, but the fact of the matter is that the, the body doesn't need this kind of junk. Who cares? You know, it's, it's like people saying, well, well, now you've got to be careful if you have a frog in your house. Remember when that all went by? An owls in your house. The owls and frogs are not a curse to you. Now, let me tell you something. Gals are sitting around here with your hair all cut off. If you want to go back and look at this thing and you want to get all wrapped up in the Star of David, you go back and look real close about you having that short hair and what kind of curse that is. Take that home and, and study it and read it. Then you come talk to the prophet. And oh, my. One of them holiness boys. Yes, I am. Ladies are supposed to be Ladies. You hear what I'm telling you? They're supposed to be ladies, they're supposed to look like ladies. Most of the women out here today want to be men. You're not men, God didn't make you men. You never were meant to be men. You're supposed to be ladies. Act like it. Bless God I was in the service, and where was that at? Paul, you were there. Down there in Adrian. I brought Donna and and and, and, and Shirley, Pastor's wife, Pastor Shirley, brought them up the front. I had to point out to them people. I said, "Now, here's what a lady looks like. Here's two ladies. Not only the way they look, but the way they act. They're ladies. Become ladies. You're God in heaven. I don't have time. Why do I have to go? Why do I have to go back and do this stuff? Mark, Mark let's see. Mark, let's go on. Act like whatever. Mark uh, six. Mark six. Now, some of you tell me, I love you, Brother Deckard. Come on. I love you. No, no, only the guy said that. I love you, Brother
0: Decker.
2: <laughs> Definitely have a way about myself, don't I? <laughs> Gotta cover all the bases, I'm telling you. I mean, we could, I mean, this meeting could re- re- uh, end right now at dinner, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, the ladies all come take me outside and stone me, you know, with a,
0: uh,
2: hopefully it would be with chicken legs if we've got any back there. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark the sixth chapter. Mark the sixth chapter. <laughs> Oh wow God I just I, 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 just uh, why is this stuff happen to happen? I, see I don't I Mark six forty six. I'll be all right, it'll go past. Forty six. Mark six forty six. Now here we go. And when he had sent them away, he departed unto a mountain to pray, and, and when even was come the ship was in the midst of the sea and alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them, but when he saw him, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it was a spirit, which means a ghost, and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And when all, and and, and he went up unto them unto the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. Now listen to that. Yeshua wanted them to be able to receive miracles, and not to be amazed by them. that. was part of the reason why I believe this. This probably is that he he did that. The other part was he determined he was going on the other side, and if it took walking on the water, then that's just how he had to get there. Okay. Now, now I think that I think that where, where we where we need to understand all this stuff is that to again to, to realize that he said, and all that I have done ye shall do also, and greater works shall you do than I have done. Now, he walked on water. Amen? Can we walk on water? Well, I personally haven't ever walked on water. I made the statement to the two chief rabbis of Israel when I was asked a question. And I was just simply asked a question, and the question was, what do you think that it would take to get the attention of Israel? And I said, oh, I can pretty well tell you what it's going to take. I said, one of these days I'm going to come to Israel and you're going to take me to the Jordan and I'm going to take my Talit and I'm going to smack the Jordan and it's going to open up and I'm going to walk across on dry land and that is going to get the attention of Israel, that there's a prophet in the land again. Now now, now, you say, well, that's a bit arrogant. No, it's not. It's the truth. One, one day I, I will do that. I've seen the vision, and one day I will I will act out that vision. That's what most time visions are anyway. They're they're things given to me by God for me to go act out when I see certain things, and then then that's it. See, I saw the I see the vision, and actually I, I should go back and tell the rest of the story about the wheelchair. It has to come in a vision. I, I'm able to see in a vision people walking. See, that's the reason that I I, I you know when I see that I mean it's over. All I do is act out the vision. What I saw, I saw them walk, so I just say, get up and walk, in Jesus' name. Because why? I've already seen the vision that they walked. That's re- the reason. See, the folks, I, I wish I could. I, if there's something I want you to try to leave here this weekend with it is, is simply this. I am not a, a magic worker, a miracle worker, a, a healer. I, I'm not God. I, 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 you know, I, I think I did become a friend of God because he told me that. But the thing of it is, you see, this is so easy for me. And, and that's want people to understand that This isn't hard for me. I see over into that world. I hear into that world. But I learned to do that. It, wasn't, it was not something that, bless God, that happened to me on some sunny day when I was sitting on a, a fish shore uh, catching fish. It happened because I gave my life wholly to God, that I became intimate with Him. I let His Word abide in me, and I abide in Him. I'm more concerned about pleasing him than I am about pleasing myself. I'm more concerned about, bless God, being able to to feed the sheep than I am feeding my own self or even my own family. I have sold out to God. And if you will sell out to God, you will bring the potential of your anointing to the forefront. Until you're willing to do that, you are a joke and some of you will end up being an abomination to God. Because I'm going to tell you something that I know for a fact. You will stand before God on that day and you will give account of that day from the foundation of this world when He poured that anointing out upon you. And He will ask you, what is it that you did, that you did wrong, that you didn't bring that anointing forth? And for those of you that have been unfortunate enough to know this prophet and not carry it out, God help you. Because surely it will come. And it will come. I've said for years, I can either be the biggest blessing you know or I'll be be the biggest curse that you'll ever know. You don't, don't get around a prophet to mess around. Don't get around a prophet to play games because number one, the prophet's not going to have time to do it and God don't, God's not in the games. Matthew 17. Have I run out of tape up there? Yeah. Well, dear God in heaven, I'm going home. 17. Now see, now you're getting something they you're not going to get on the tape. So you, you, you know, here's somebody listening to tapes, you say, well, now there was a few scriptures I can give you if you're taking notes here today that, that'll help you understand the rest of where the prophet's going. See, he had to stop and talk about a few things there that, uh, that bless God if he hadn't stopped and talked about it, he'd got that in, I suppose. Um, <laughs> Matthew, uh, 17. Uh, let's, let's go to the 14th verse. And when they were come to the multitude, There came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And they brought him to thy disciples, and that they could not cure him, they couldn't heal him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. You think he'd be nice there? You think he was saying, Oh my boys, oh my, 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 oh, I love you boys. No, he was probably talking in this tone." You bunch of dummies, sit down and shut up and listen to something. How long am I going to have to be around you until you understand something? You've seen the dead raise, You've seen me walk on the water. You've seen the blind see, the, dame, the, 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 the deaf, the dumb. You've seen it all happen. Now let me tell you something. How long, he said, how long shall I suffer you? Bring him to, hither to me. They brought him to him. You remember like the last night that I told a story about every once in a while when I get in a, get in a, in a congregation where somebody thinks they're, they're whatever it is and they think they've got an anointing to heal and bring miracles and they don't, and God will say, have them come up. Same type of a thing. Same, same type of a thing. Now listen, and Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him, okay, and the child was cured from that very hour, and then it, it came the disciples to Jesus' apart. And got a, they didn't want to chewed out again. They got him off the side and said, Now, Jesus, let's, let's be buddies again here. Why can we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. It was simply that. He says your unbelief, For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Be removed hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. If you have belief, how be it this kind, go without not the prayer and but fasting. So they couldn't do that. Now, 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 let me tell you something. For those of you that believe you're called to deliverance ministry, God help you if you've ever cast anything out of ever anybody without fasting and prayer. Stop it, if that's what you're into. If you're too cockeyed lazy to spend your time before God and get this thing right, stop what you're doing. You're hurting the program and you're hurting the people that you got your hands on. Leave it alone. Because there are some people that love God enough and love the people enough that will fast, will pray, and then the deliverance of the devils will come out. In Jesus' name. Now, this power, John seven 38, we're going to end there. John seven thirty-eight. This power. 738 of John. And he that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The anointing is to destroy every need that we have and that others have, is what the anointing is there for. It will destroy the need in your life, but guide you by the word into the things that you need to have and to know in order for you to want to be set free. The anointing in other people is by the laying on of your hands upon them that they might receive that which God has given to you to be a help unto them. See, really and truly what the anointing does is the anointing gives you the opportunity to help somebody that hasn't come to the place and the realization of bringing their anointing in their life where they can help themselves by the anointing through the Rahakodesh into the Word. As I told you last night, the anointing is not for you. If you've ever tried to lay your hands on yourself, and I hate to make a, 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 too much fun about me, but I actually in the beginning laid my hand upon myself. I thought, dear God in heaven, you know, I couldn't find anybody else. I thought I had enough salt going for them to pray for me. And so I thought I'd just do it myself. It didn't work. And it took me a long time to find out. My help comes through the Word. Your help personally will come through the Word. But it is your anointing to help others that's important. Your anointing in you... Can cause people' lives to change, and it can cause other people's lives to change because their lives did change because you let the anointing flow. That river that's in you wants to come out, but you see that manifestation has to you. You, you have to get yourself into a place of, of understanding, and and these things these things are real. But part of what we're, we're doing here and what we're going to do again today is give the opportunity. And when I got home and I prayed that the, the angel, the angel of God. In fact, the, tonight in the service this evening, there's going to be two angels in here. Today, this morning and this afternoon, there's going to be an angel appear. Some of you are going to have, going to get to feel that that the, the preciousness of that. Now, the, 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 when I got Satan filled the Holy Ghost, where I started and this is where I want to end. I was uh, trying to understand that God. How, why don't I? The, the people was telling me, "Oh, well, now God spoke this and God spoke that, and 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 you know, bless God." And, and you know, I went home and prayed and, and did what they told me to do. And after I got the Holy Ghost, and then was quiet, that I hear the voice of God, and, and all I could hear was this voice saying, "Go get a hamburger," and I knew that wasn't God. <laughs> Something like a hamburger, anyway. that wasn't God. And I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm going, "What's wrong with me?" They hear all that. Why don't Why don't I ever? I mean, uh, here, go get a hamburger. What's that? How can I go to church and brag about that? Now go to church and hear that all come. Well, now brother, God told me this and God told me that. You know, getting around people in church is like uh, getting around a bunch of guys that go fishing. You don't want to tell your story the last. Okay, so you better theirs because <laughs> that's really what it becomes: is a contest as who's the more spiritual. Now, so so uh, so anyway, I, I you know I begin to seek God. I, I begin to early on begin to understand you got to fast. And I began to fast and all I understood was anoint my head, wash my face, declare the fast before the Lord my God. And I began to fast. And all of a sudden, one night I was laying in bed and, and I woke up. And I thought, Well Lord, I was I was working at the job and I thought I looked at the clock was four o'clock in the morning. And I thought, Man, I gotta get back to sleep. I gotta get up and I get up go to work in the morning and, and all of a sudden I I I felt I felt this this wave started at the top of my head, this tingling sensation, this the, the, the air that some of you passed, felt pass through you. And what it was, it was an angel that had passed his hand from my head right down to the bottom of his feet. And folks, it ran like electricity. It ran so hard I thought I was dying. And I thought, boy, if this is dying, I feel pretty good about myself, you know. And it would go down to the bottom of my feet and just about two or three seconds would go by and it'd start again. And it took a long time before the Lord revealed to me that, that he let the angel come and place his hand about this far from my, my nose and just come down over my body and let that hand go all the way to the bottom of my feet. And he'd get down there and he'd come back up. He'd start it out. And it would run like that. It'd do that for, it maybe do that for 15, 20 minutes. My Lord and my God. And when that ended, Shakiromba masa the voice of God began to speak to this prophet. And I know that God's no respecter of persons. And folks, please understand me. I know what a familiar spirit is. And some of you in this room is going to have to be delivered of a familiar spirit. You're going to have to be. It's got to work this way. It's got to undeniably be God. It's not going to be some voice that speaks to you out here and here and hell God told me to go, you know. Yes, it can work that way, but it's got to start somewhere, and it doesn't start like that. And we're going to this afternoon. We're going to get we're going to get into the, this afternoon. We're going to get into talking about about the manifestation, the manifested uh, presence of God, and, and, and it being uh, the difference between the omnipresence of God and what it is about uh, uh, all about the manifestation, and how do you know the manifestation of God is in the room with you? That's what we're doing this weekend, so you'll know. I'm going to believe that everybody in this in this room whether it's this weekend or when you go home next week you're going to have a visitation from God. You're going to know and you're going to know after after that angel comes, after God does and maybe it'll be maybe it'll be the Lord God himself appear. But whatever it is that will happen in your life, you're going to understand when that when that when that comes over me. I know that God Is in, I'm in his presence. I know the angel is there and I know that he's come to bring me a message or or God's about to speak to me because he came and woke me. The way most of what works with me is when I wake up these days, at the end of my bed will stand, whatever there is. If it's the angel or if it's a problem, if it's somebody that needs to be prayed for, if it's somebody that needs to be bound up, if it's a a situation, it's standing there. I see it like I see you. So you see again, I, 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 the, 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 there's a difference between guessing and seeing in there and and that's the part that, I, that 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 I'm so concerned about. I'm so concerned about this thing that, well, God spoke to me, and God said, but you know what? Very seldom anyone ever says to me, and you know the manifestation of the Lord God came into the room, and the Lord spoke, and this is what he said. You know, when people talk to me like that, do you want to know something? I know that I know they're hearing from God because they understand the manifestation. You have to understand the manifestation because if you don't, a spirit of darkness is going to come to you as a spirit of light and is going to take you down a primrose lane and you're going to go that way. God wants you to go this way. The powers of darkness are standing over here applauding because they've got you here and they know if you're not there, they don't have to worry about you here. Because you're not going to get in the will of God and they know it. All they can do with us now is try to stop us from being in the will of God. That's all that they can do. They lost us. We're sealed for eternity unless we give that away with God. So if we're sealed for eternity, then all we have to do is get ourselves in the position of understanding. Okay, now there's there are certain things in certain ways. Now I'm not telling you that that that, that somehow that the angel's going to come, pass his hand over you, and that's going to happen. Because God, again, God can do whatever He wants to do and how He wants to do it. But in some way, you're going to understand that presence and i'm going to be praying and we're going to stand here in just a second and i'm going to pray we're going to give we're going to give god a few minutes of quality time here and that angels going to appear because god's already told me that one's going to appear this morning one's going to appear this afternoon and there's going to be two angels in here working tonight and 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 some of you that didn't feel last night are going to feel this morning so forth and so on for the rest of the meetings, and maybe some of you felt that last night's going to get a feel that 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 that, that, that sensation. That sensation is the anointing of God. That is the anointing, and what I'm going and and, and and I'm going to know, and I'm going to know that. Bless God, that you're going to leave here this weekend, and you're going to have a fresh, you're going to have a deeper understanding of the Spirit of God than you've ever had in your life, then I've done my job. I've accomplished what God told me to come here and do with you this weekend. You're here because God wanted you here. Okay? You're not here for a mistake. You didn't come here to get bored. You came here because you're hungry. You come here because you truly want to have the types of experiences that people like me really have. It isn't a figment of my imagination it isn't bless God because I had too much pizza. It's because bless God that the manifestation of God is in my life, yeah. and that's what the difference is. You're working through an omnipresence, and you're trying to you're trying to conjure up the, the God and His Spirit in a means of which is very dangerous. Now I'm not I, I don't want you to. God can speak to you through all that, whatever that is. But wouldn't you rather get in a position where you know that you know? Yes. Where you actually know that because when I was praying, I felt that angel walk by. I felt him touch me. Some of you felt him had him touch you. Some of you after service last night because some of you are backward and meek, and that's okay. Told me, you know, I I, I, I felt that. I felt that, and that's okay. I you know we're not here to embarrass anybody. I mean, uh, 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 well, <laughs> I don't think we are. <laughs> and and. Uh, through it, you're going to gain and the gain is where it's at folks. Hey,
1: thank you so much. Prophet Deckard again You can get a hold of us at the website www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out again all this material that you're hearing taught every day Every week folks you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material Because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer requests to cradle at jewishprophet.com and we'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. <speaking in> the dream could be a sign of